0: Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42.
1: Symbols, languages, and stories. Change from culture to culture, whether it be adaptation to the new times or it be another culture trying to understand a way of life from people of a faraway land. Either way, time and distance can create large misunderstandings between the origins and meaning of a people's way of life. And one prominent in the Western world that misunderstands a symbol in the Eastern world is the almighty Fez. Yes, that red hat that many of us have seen in movies, comics, and television. The Fez's history and meaning is complex and full of rises and falls. This is how a hat changed religions, empires, and the world itself. But before I tell you how a hat is interwoven throughout history, dun-ch, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking?
0: I'm doing great. I am very curious about this. Because of Indiana Jones, and I am drinking a Blue Moon. No, I'm not. I'm drinking a Shock Top. Same difference. Um, <laughs> too much, apparently. What about you? What are you drinking?
1: I'm drinking some 10-cup whiskey, and this is this all stems from me going down the rabbit hole. So I'm actually kind of happy I came across this. But before I go into the story, Nick, I want to know, what do you know or think about the Hat fezzes. When they're talked about, you already mentioned Indiana Jones, is that the first thing you come to mind, or is there anything else you know about them?
0: Yeah, that's that's not only the first thing, but that's pretty much the only thing that comes to mind.
1: Well, that's good old Hollywood for you, changing people's perspective on a very important cultural icon. But let's start in the beginning. The origins of where this headpiece comes from is debated and perhaps comes from more than one place. Historians think the first designs of the Fez come from either Greece, Morocco, Turkey, or the Balkans. All have their merit being the origin, but none are for certain. Either way, in all these civilizations, they all had similar headwares, which has easily been modified over time to become the modern-day Fez that we all know about. And about the 3rd century AD is where somewhat the modern Fezes first appear. It wouldn't be until the 14th century. Unfortunately, the history of the Fez is not exact science. Surprise, surprise. People weren't really writing down the history of hats when it was happening. But in the 14th century is where the first modern design of the Fez is for sure noted. So 3rd century is most likely when it kind of came around. 14th is when, yep, 100%, that's where it is. Again, these dates could be wrong. The modern Fez could be even closer to... Third century is just history lost the papers, the books, etc, etc. Again, give me some some leeway, Fezes are not the easiest thing to research. But either way, the Fez was not an instant success. Still worn in scattered mounts, it was nowhere near popular fashion, so to speak. But like anything else, given enough time, things catch on. More cultures and people began to adapt this hat, and it started to become more mainstream. We begin to get recording of people wearing hats similar to Fez's, mainly from people living in the Byzantine Empire. And as time goes on, more sightings, recordings, and explorers started mentioning Fez's. We start getting writings about foreign explorers talking about Fez's. So people not native to that land. One being Evila Selby, an explorer in the 17th century who described Algerian man wearing a very Fez-like hat. Fezzes, now in the 17th century at this point, were worn all throughout the Mediterranean and even parts of Southeast Asia. Then came the Ottomans. People may never suspect the Spanish Inquisition, but everyone seems to forget about the Ottomans. Through the Ottomans, and them controlling most of the Mediterranean, came a boom of different cultures, fashion, and religion traditions, spreading to many different countries. One being the fez. The Fez is heavily woven into the Islamic faith, and as Islam spread, so did the Fez. But I'll get back to their religious importance in a second. Now, the word Fez gets its name in the 19th century, when the Ottoman Empire had some control over Morocco. Before the 19th century, the Fez had some different names, and still some different names even today. The most prominent being Tarabouche. Tarabouche comes from the Persian language. Tar, meaning secret, and bush, meaning cover or hat. But in the 19th century, a city in Morocco, a city called Fez, which still exists today, was a major textile city and manufactured a large portion of tribushes. The red fabric associated with Fez's in today's culture may even get its origins from Morocco. For this textile city, being so well known for making caboches, used crimson berries to make that iconic red fabric. The city, so well known for manufacturing these hats, people simply just called them Fezzes, the city where they are manufactured in. Like I said, it's important to note there are a few different names for Fezzes, it just depends on region and time period. Another one some may be familiar with is Chechacha.
0: Oh, why didn't, why didn't you just say that the first time, Mike?
1: <laughs> you have no idea the struggle I am doing right now to, to pronounce all these different regions and languages. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, Tabrush and Fez are the most popular names, and even to this day, but uh, yeah, it once it's, everyone's got a name for the same thing. It's really interesting. And it's also really interesting is, not all Fezes were red. When I think of Fezzes, I think of, you know, TV movies, things I've seen, much like Indiana Jones, and they're all red fezzes. But in fact, there are different colors, styles, and different types of tassels on them. All have different meanings.
0: Yeah, you're blowing my mind. I thought they all had to be red.
1: No. So from what I can tell, there are six to eight different types of fezzes and designs, but it all comes down to location, occupation, time period, and purpose. Some fezes are black, white, purple, but traditionally fezes are red adorned either with a black, blue, or gold tassel. So I think the black and white, if I'm not mistaken, have to do with religious practitioners in the Islamic faith. And purple actually gets it from the Moose Lodge in the Western world, which I'll touch in the later part of the podcast. And as time grew, so did fezes' popularity. More and more shops making them started to pop up, some as north as Austria. Fezes became more common to see, wear, and was popular in many regions. Some of the reasons why they became popular is from religious purposes. Like I mentioned, Islam has spread and was spreading throughout the world. Many Islamic cultures wore turbans as part of their faith, a tradition going back, oh god, centuries. And part of the Islamic faith is praying to God, usually praying towards Mecca and touching one's forehead to the ground while doing so in respect to God. Well, many people saw the fez as a modern replacement for the turban. The slim, brimless hat, aka the fez, made it a lot easier to pray and was modern but still had traditional aspects to it. So, kind of made it ideal. So many Islamic practitioners adopted it, making it popularity even soar more. That being said, the fez is not just to people of Islamic faith. In the Ottoman Empire, Jews, Christians wore fezes. It was just a fashionable thing to wear. And like I mentioned in Southeast Asia, in India, a practice still practiced today is some people wear fezes. In India, they're usually called topia, or cat. Rumi, named after the 13th century Turkish poet Belawana Yahalun Rumi, who apparently wore a fez, or a type of fez. Could be a fez wrapped in a turban. Again, the fashion changed throughout time. It was, again, time period and region. And in Hyderabad region in India, the fez is even part, or was part, of school uniforms. So like I said, people... Not just of Islamic faith were wearing fezes. But then things started to get more complicated. Sultan Muhammad II of the Ottoman Empire came around and in 1827 he wanted to quote unquote westernize and modernize his empire. So the Sultan made the fez the replacement for the turban in the military, civil officials, and religious officials. And this overall went okay. The Fez was already pretty popular, and people, for the most part, were okay with the transition. From this mandate of making the Fez, the replacement of turbans made the Fez more everyday, every-person wearable item, less Islamic-slash-traditional wear. The best way I can describe this transition is some of you might be familiar with some World War I history. When soldiers began shaving every day and staying clean-shaven to wear their gas masks, when they came home, they kept that routine going. Made shaving everyday common and being clean shaven a everyday life. This is pretty much what happened when the sultan replaced the turban with fezes. From this, fezes went from shop to shop to now entire factories. And in 1836, less than a decade later than the sultan mandated the first military to start wearing fezes instead of turbans, the first state-ran factory came into production factory was called Fashin and was located in Istanbul. That's just to give you an idea of how many fezes were being produced where it's no longer shops and businesses running it but actually the governments producing fezes. Fezes became such a fashionable thing and many countries wanted to follow the sultan's path that fezes were introduced into their military fashion for parades or show casings but Countries like Greece, Turkey, Italy, Spain, Somalia, Egypt, Libya, Germany, Belgium, France, the list goes on and on. They all started to adopt the Fez into their military.
0: It's such a wide range of countries. It really
1: is, and it's everywhere as far east as uh, India and as far west as America with certain lodges carrying fezes. Fezes are a very universal item but it gets kind of complicated once we start getting closer to the world wars. See the fez wasn't just worn in military tradition or showcasings but in some cases fezes were actually worn in battles. Some fezes were made with metal caps or plates inside them to act as helmets. Others had the option for chainmail to be attached to them to help protect the soldier's neck and shoulders. The fez went from a fashion item to a completely industrialized military complex clothing item. And even from this, it would all change as the world entered the 20th century, when the world went to war with itself. Like I mentioned, many countries wore fezes. A lot of European countries that wore them Did so when they were colonizers in Africa and parts of the Middle East, and they just brought that tradition home. Also, through colonization, fezes were mocked and put in people's mind in association of fezes to monkeys and people being silly in a silly faraway land. There was a lot of media and a lot of ideas that servants wore fezes and that fezes were comical. But fezes were never comical, it's just... Foreigners not understanding a idea for a culture. But as the world entered World War One, the Fez went from fashion and religious practice to rebellious symbol. During the French occupation of Morocco, many Moroccans, even if they weren't Islamic, wore fezes as a protest to their country's occupation against the French. In other parts of the world, rather than a symbol of resistance, it became a symbol of oppression. In Turkey, some saw the Fez as part of the Ottoman rule over their country. So, in retaliation, they were tried to remove the Fez. And in other countries, the Moorish Fez was part of a caste system worn to show status, high bloodline, high education, not just a hat for religious or fashion purposes. Again, you also had a lot of people in the, between the two extremes. Hell, some hotels even made their employees wear fezes just to appeal to foreigners visiting and other people simply wore it because they enjoyed it. But with World War I ending, the Mediterranean was also in a drastic shift with people's opinion on fezes changing. At the end of World War I, the Ottoman Empire was weak and all but gone. And Turkey would rebel against the Ottomans and win, forming its own nation. Soon after, leader of the new Republic of Turkey, Kemal Akhtar, would ban and criminalize the Fez in 1925, for he believed it had too many ties to the Ottomans, their former rulers. This did not go over well. The people of Turkey did not like this decision to have fezes banned. People protested. Some even rioted. Many fezes were confiscated as illegal contraband. Apparently, several men were even hanged for refusing to give up their fezes.
0: I've had a lot of hats that I've liked in my lifetime. But just imagine being hung.
1: Imagine being executed for yeah. Well, again, take the hanging with the grain of salt. I could not confirm this information. Along with information I couldn't confirm, apparently there were even rumors that some Turkish people were plotting to attempt and kill or overthrow Atkar because he banned Fezes. And I'm with you, Nick. To me this is hard to wrap my man my mind around. One, to ban a piece of clothing is weird to me. Two, to protest and riot over a hat is weird to me. Nothing in my life has been that similar except maybe the right for people to burn the American flag. It's just amazing how religious and cultural importance of a fashion item has. And I'll be honest, Nick, I have nothing to compare it in my world. I guess maybe a religious necklace. I just... The symbolism and importance of the Fez this time is so hard to put into words, and
0: I, I, I have nothing to compare it, Nick, and I don't know if you do either. I don't. I mean, I guess it's. I mean, it's not the same as countries that are under Sharia law and you have to wear a hijab. But that that's like the only thing I could kind of guess. But that's the opposite. That's like banning all other clothing items, not just a particular one. I mean, I guess you could say it's similar to like decency laws you know, where in like the 1920s when you couldn't wear skirts that showed your ankles you know, maybe you can make that connection. I, I don't know.
1: I went really different. I was thinking of like bikini laws when bikinis were first made, but yeah, I guess that's that's a gr- interesting conspiracy. I think about that, but yeah, I have nothing in my personal life to compare it to. You know what's even strange? The history of fezes gets even weirder from there. So what I mean it gets weirder from there is Turkey may have banned fezes, But Nick, you know who didn't ban fezes? The Nazis. Some Nazis actually used to wear fezes during World War II. And interesting, which I didn't know until researching this, some Nazis were Muslim. A sentence hard to wrap my head around. The Nazis <laughs> what? recruited
0: Muslims, and some Nazis were Muslim, like in Germany or Rommel in Africa, both and in between. I, I guess I, I'm not saying fezzes aren't cool. I just I just don't get the fascination. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: It's really weird to think about. Now, yes, the Nazis recruited Muslims to help control and take over certain parts of the world. And the Nazis decided not to break too much tradition to let these people keep wearing fezes, but instead of wearing classic red, it was military green or gray with a giant Nazi symbol on the front of it. To me, the group wearing these Nazi fezes that stood out the most was the 13th Waffen Mountain Division of the SS Hansgard a Muslim, SF, a Muslim SS group who wore fezes and committed war crimes so bad that they were deemed war criminals and were sought after after the war to be punished. Now, not officially part of the Waffen SS, but given the name and associated, they were pretty much SS members. The Muslim SS group, again, since I never thought I would say, was mainly in Croatia and Bosnia. And they were, the reason why they got war, the branded war criminals, is for the actions they committed on Jews and their own fellow Muslims in the region. Pretty fucking nasty stuff. And they also stood out to me, not only because they were the worst of the worst, but simply the amount of battles they were in. They were in a lot of fights. Could be an entire episode itself. Still weird to think about. German officials, Muslim Nazis, all wearing fezes. It's just hard to keep my brain around. And I'm not joking. Like, there were German officials in Germany wearing fezes. And in Croatia and Bosnia wearing fezes. And in North Africa, G- Nazis wearing fezes. It's just very counterintuitive to me, Nick. And I, it's just really hard to think about.
0: Yeah, I'm struggling with this one, if we're being honest. I'm not quite sure what to do with this information.
1: Well, World War II would eventually end, and Nazis were no longer wearing fezes. But, after World War II, Egypt would follow Turkey's footsteps and ban the fez in their country. In 1958, President Gamal Abdel Nasser would ban the fez
0: what the fuck do people have against this hat what i don't know
1: it's literally straw shaped into a hat and silk or fabric shaped around it and a tassel for religious purposes but it's just they just keep getting banned and but it's really interesting even though and i believe it's still banned in both turkey and egypt the tradition is still alive in egypt There's a handful of shops in Cairo, and by handful, I think there's two, possibly three, all centuries old, still having equipment going back all the way to the Ottoman Empire and still uh, practicing this ancient tradition, which is now illegal and taboo to make fezes, which is really weird to think about. Now, some people and many people in the Middle East and Mediterranean, North Africa, still wear fezes, they tend to be sheiks or religious students. But actually, it's weird. The Fez might be making a comeback. In Lebanon, the Fez is slowly re-entering the fashion world. Lebanon is having kind of an explosion of the fashion industry, and they're bringing back some traditional items to with a modern look, and Fez is one of them.
0: I mean, listening to this podcast doesn't seem like the Fez has ever gone out of style, unless it's been banned.
1: <laughs> well yeah <laughs> it just it just depends on which country like it this is a little sidebar to it uh italy used to have all their soldiers in their fat in their sunday best wear fezes but they ended up switching it like most countries in europe that connect to the mediterranean had fezes at one point to their military they just happen to change it here or there so
0: it's a phase that countries go through
1: it it tend, it really seems like it. If I'm not if I'm familiar, Spain, France. I'm pretty sure almost every single country that touched the Mediterranean Sea, Portugal, Libya, Egypt, S- France, Spain, Italy. I think like I think every country pretty much that touched the Mediterranean Sea at one point or another had fezes in some part of the country, at official capacity. But which is really interesting to me is the days of Westerners depicting Eastern cultures with fezes is turning from comical to historical. Yes, there are still many groups wearing fezes as their quote-unquote traditions, such as Shriners and the Moose Legion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the day of fezes being associated with, you know, dancing monkeys smashing cymbals together seemed to be over. And along with the fezes being associated with comedy in the Western world, is that in the Eastern world, fezes are now being opened up to be worn by both sexes. No longer a male-only tradition, women are starting to be able to wear fezes, which I think will be a huge boom for it to become back into fashion. It is amazing to me how a fashion item, again, some straw and cloth, can cause so much controversy and have such a major impact on the world, where countries adopt it and part make it part of their traditions. And before researching this, I had no idea what this was even such a big deal. I did not know that a hat had so much history and was so clouded in mystery and in war. Hell, the only reason I investigated this is because I went down the rabbit hole and found myself making a man making a fez in Egypt and said it was illegal in parts of the world. And now I ask myself this. Is it bad that I want to travel to a... traditional fez making shop get one not only because of its historical importance but because it's also an illegal item in parts of the world and i always want something i'm not supposed to have
0: it's probably not good to admit it publicly if i had to guess
1: and i've said worse but yeah this is just the tip of the iceberg again
0: i think that i think the craziest thing is the wide geographic range geographic and cultural range that the fez touches it doesn't just stay you know where it was created and around there it's it's spread throughout the world at different times in different places you don't see well yeah you, you don't see people in asia wearing you know cowboy hats you don't see i don't know it's just it's a it's not what you would think of as a normal dress for most places, but it seems like it has been at one point or another in a lot of places.
1: you know what scared really that really blew my mind at one point at at the same time, the three biggest factory producers was in Morocco, Istanbul, and Austria. That's a lot of territory that those three areas cover That's really weird to think about, and it's not like the they've gone away, like I said in India. I think 15% of India is Muslim and a lot of them wear fezzes as the part of their religious stuff. But even some schools just have fezes just as their school wear. From India to the Strait of Gibraltar is Fez wearing regions. And it's everything from people just like it to hotel people wearing it because they think foreigners like it. To literally making it a middle finger to French occupation to... The complete opposite, where European colonizers in Africa were wearing them as part of their everyday outfit. It's, I did not do the Fez justice in this podcast. It is a very complex research issue. But again, it's just, it was hard to find research and documentations on fezes because it was just one of those things that you don't really record the history of. Like, where did baseball caps come from? And what's how the impact and history of those? It's just one of those things that no one really writes writes down, but multiple countries have banned. Country like again, I, it's still blown to me. Nick, Nazis were wearing fezes. That there were Muslim Nazi like that. That I'm still trying to get my head around that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's a new one, and not. Not what I was expecting.
1: Yeah. The fez is a very unexpected clothing item full of death and history. And next time you see a fez on a television, just remember, people protested, rioted, and went to war in it, both on the good side and on the bad side. The fez, in some ways or another, is like a suit of armor for many people. It is one of both religious, fashion, And tradition. It's a very complicated subject. And now I want to say thank you all for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.